what's going on everybody welcome back to between the stitches baseball only show part of the phenomenal fan media group my name is ryan and we got a great episode for you guys today as usual because today we are going to be grading the free agency signings and contracts across all of major league baseball the free agency market has been absolutely bananas as everybody knows so because of that we're going to take this as an opportunity to grade each signing based on a handful of different categories a handful of different grading scales and all the big name free agents have gone off the board in some capacity it's been absolutely crazy and we're going to grade them on a scale of a to f with an occasional mix in of what the hell were they thinking but for the most part a lot of these deals made a lot of sense for a lot of these teams, so we're going to talk about it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode, episode 26 of Between the Stitches, baseball-only show, part of the Phenomenal Fan Media Group. Let's go, baby. Welcome to Between the Stitches, part of the Phenomenal Fan Media Group. Two former college teammates talking about what they know best, baseball. We're going to be doing the MLB free agency rankings. The top 24 alphabetically based on last name thrown into these nine categories. A plus or A minus, B plus or B minus, C plus or C minus, D, F, and Y. Because why would they do that deal? All right, so let's just get straight into it. So the first one that comes up is Jose Abreu to the Houston Astros. Now, this is a three-year, $58.5 million deal, averaging $19 million a year, okay? I think Jose Abreu is an excellent fit and would have been an excellent fit anywhere he goes, okay? He's a great hitter. He's a really good defender, MVP caliber player. Uh, you know, he won it in COVID 2020, but I don't know. I mean, that year to a lot of people doesn't really hold up but the numbers are still there and they're still real and you still got to go up and hit and he's been really really consistent for most of his career uh, in chicago with the white Sox. that being said he is old i believe he is 35 years 36 years old almost he's going to be 36 when this deal starts and it's a three-year deal so you get 37 38 39 I'm going to have to take Jose Abreu and I'm going to put him in a minus. Okay. I think it's a good deal for the Astros. It's a good deal for him. The only thing that may start coming into play here is age, but that's why it's an a minus because otherwise it's a great deal. That's, this guy deserves the money and he's going to contribute for the, uh, an Astros team. That's bound for a lot more success coming off world series championship. Up next is Tyler Anderson. Okay. Going to the angels three years, 39 million, 13 million a year. It's not that much money. And I, by the way, it's a ton of money, but in the grand scheme of how much these other dudes have signed for that, we're going to talk about, it's honestly not that much, especially for a guy coming off an all-star season. Uh, I don't know where he finished in Cy Young voting, but I know it was probably close to top 10. 
He put up a great year for the Dodgers. That being said, the Dodgers are a team that's known to take a player and especially pitchers and turn them from an average type pitcher, average caliber, turn them into borderline or in Tyler Anderson's case, all-stars. The Angels don't have that magic. The Angels are known for actually typically the opposite. Besides Mike Trout and Otani, they pretty much take whoever they get and they just destroy their career. And the Angels don't perform very high. 13 million is not that much. Anderson's a solid pitcher. I'm going to throw Tyler Anderson to the Angels in the B plus category. He's a good pitcher. The Astros or uh, the Angels, I should say, are on their way up and they're trying to develop and build pitching. So it's a good way to do it. They don't go the uber expensive route and go all in on a long term contract for a huge name pitcher, but they're getting some value and having to shell out a little bit of money for a guy that's pretty solid he's going to eat some innings he's going to be good for you and uh, if he duplicates or even comes close to duplicating what he did last year with the dodgers it's going to be a good contract Up next on our list, Chris Bassett to the Blue Jays. Very similar situation to uh, Tyler Anderson, where he's coming off of a really solid year, going to a team that's looking to improve in the rotation after some underwhelming performances for the, the Blue Jays, right? They go to the postseason, they play the Mariners, they host them for the wildcard round, and they don't win. So they, they want to upgrade. In the rotation, Jose Brios had a pretty bad year for them last year, all things considered. Youngjin Ryu, pretty good. You know, got to stay on the mound. Yusei Kikuchi, a lot of guys that are just middle of the pack. Bassett has the upside to be a guy that's high, high impact. On the flip side, he's had some down years. He showed up in the postseason last year. Granted, it was only one start and didn't really pitch that well. So Bassett going to the Blue Jays, three years, 63 million, 21 million a year. That's a lot of money for a guy, if I'm looking right, is almost 34 years old, coming off of an okay season. I mean, 180 innings, 3.4 ERA, uh, you know, let's see, 167 strikeouts. 21 million a year that's too much in my opinion this is this guy's a this guy's a 15 to 18 type guy and it's also i'm going two years on on a guy like bassett i can understand three and i think he's going to be solid uh but the rogers center in toronto is is relatively hitter friendly it's a really really tough division in the american league east he will contribute, but I'm giving Chris Bassett to the Blue Jays a B minus. I don't really love this deal, and I've never just really loved Chris Bassett. It's nothing against Chris Bassett. I just, you know, I, I don't know. I just, it's a B minus for me. Up next is Cody Bellinger leaving the Dodgers, going to the Cubs in Chicago. Now, Bellinger to the Cubs. You're thinking maybe at least what went through my head. 
why what's the point what are we doing but it's a one-year deal for 17 million bucks so there's not much for the cubs to lose in this circumstance it's not a long-term contract and on the flip side for bellinger he's got everything to lose in this situation because he's coming off of an absolutely brutal season absolutely brutal if I look over here correctly at his stats, he finished the year with a 210, 210 batting average, 654 OPS. Um, woof. That's the best word I can use to describe that season. Absolute woof. So for the Cubs and this deal, and it's mostly a, a team sort of rating system that we're doing here, they don't have much to lose. It's not a long-term commitment. And if Bellinger comes in this year and tears it up, Okay, then maybe they explore, you know, longer term options or an extension or things like that. But for the time being, the Cubs are trying to improve with a couple other guys here that we'll touch on shortly. And Bellinger has high upside. I mean, we've seen him play at an MVP caliber level. So overall, because Bellinger's coming off of a pretty tough year, but there's not much to lose for the Giants, or excuse me, the, the Cubs, I'm going to give this a B plus. I think it's a B plus move for the Chicago Cubs and Cody Ballinger. Up next on the list is Andrew Benatendi to the Chicago White Sox. Okay. This move to me kind of caught me by surprise just because I didn't know the White Sox were really in on a guy like Benatendi. That being said, Benatendi fits in their lineup pretty well. He's coming off a year where he hit over 300. He's going to, you know, make contact, low strikeout kind of guy. Uh, he's going to put the ball in play, but he's not going to drastically shift the outcome of the score on a consistent basis. He's not going to slug very much. He's not going to hit a ton of homers, although he has in the past. It's not really going to happen for Benatendi, right? But he's 28 years old. If I'm looking correctly at five years, 75 million, okay? 15 million a year is not that much it again kind of in the in the same area as tyler anderson and i want to clarify 15 million dollars is an unbelievable amount of money but for these guys it's not that much so i like the commitment here five years at the age of 28 you know if it ends up being a complete bust or his career takes a complete nosedive it's not gonna hurt them that bad it's not gonna be a huge hit on the books uh it's a contract that they could potentially move if he you know is on a team like the White Sox and maybe they aren't playing very well towards the third, fourth, fifth year of his contract. They want to get rid of him for a potential slight salary dump. It's really just like not that much of a hassle for somebody to take on if he is playing well, but the rest of the team isn't. On the flip side, if the team's playing well or, or everything's going wrong, whatever, and Ben Attendee's not playing well, then that's fine. Uh, 15 million a year, I don't want to say it's nothing in that situation. It is a lot. But in today's day and age, teams can kind of eat that. And let's be honest, the type of player that Andrew Benatendi is, he's not going to go out and just strike and just lay an egg. He's going to go out and he's going to put the ball in play, probably hit, let's, I mean, realistically, you know, 280, 290, somewhere in there, which is fine. Uh, last year, he didn't hit it for a ton of pop. And he has been hurt through some stints of his career. So if he can stay healthy, if he can contribute, he will earn whatever his worth is in this contract uh so i'm gonna take ben attendee on the white Sox. i'm gonna put him also in the b plus category i think it's a, go a good move for the chicago white Sox. i think it's a good move for ben attendee it's a win-win for both of them up next is xander bogarts to the padres right bogarts comes to san diego 
11 year deal 280 million dollars wow that's a lot of money wow that's a long time wow that's a big commitment etc 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 i am a padres fan and i'm going to come at this as unbiasedly as i possibly can okay xander bogarts is a very good player very good top five shortstop in the league when he's at his best maybe better who knows the concerns for me are not the same concerns that a casual might have or somebody who doesn't know the team very well or has this straightforward old-fashioned sort of thinking well they already got a shortstop and Hassan kim and fernando tatis jr i don't care about that i don't care uh what i do care about is having good players on my team to win baseball games and he makes our team a lot better a lot better the other thing that a lot of people aren't talking about with this bogarts contract is that it's a potential insurance policy for a situation where manny machado could opt out after the 2023 season Reports are that he's going to opt out, and that may just be to get a bigger average annual uh, you know, value in the next contract that he signs with the Padres, and he wants to stay. I'm sure a lot of what happens with Machado and the Padres will be determined on the success of the team in this upcoming 2023 season. That being said, Bogarts to the Padres. He plays shortstop. It sounds like he's going to play shortstop. And that would move Hassan Kim from shortstop over to second base. That I'm completely fine with. Now, when Tatis comes back, that's going to put him probably somewhere in the outfield. Again, I'm fine with it. Ideally, you put Tatis in a position where he can use his athleticism and, can, and his arm and contribute on defense. But at this point, I don't give a shit where Tatis plays. Just put him on the damn field at some point because the guy just doesn't play baseball. Bogarts, 11 years, the average annual 25 million. It, again, it doesn't really hurt me that much. And it, by the way, it would have hurt me a lot more if I was a Padres fan looking at this in 2018, 2017, because I, at that time, uh, as many people know, the Padres weren't these huge spenders and weren't super relevant in the free agency market. Now, Peter Seidler, the owner of the Padres, is just shitting money out of his rear end. So, the money part of it's not a huge deal. The part that we may run into issues with is the latter parts of this contract. And I know we're not paying for his 38, 39, 40, 40 year old seasons. We're paying for the first five, six, seven years of his contract. So because it's not a win, 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 I'm going to go a minus, but I think it's a great deal. I think Xander Bogarts to the Padres is an A minus with all things considered and his contributions and how much better it makes the Padres considering where they are as a team moving forward, hoping to contend not just for the NLS, but for a world series. All right, up next, Michael Brantley to the Astros one year, 12 million. I love this deal for both sides. I absolutely love this deal. This deal will be my first a plus and here's why. Okay. Brantley going back to the Astros makes a ton of sense for them as a team. $12 million is, again, a drop in the bucket for most of these teams. It's absolutely nothing. And the Astros like him. He likes them. 
And every time he's played for them, looking at his stats over here, he's an OPS plus guy last year. Plus uh, OPS plus a 125, 119 the year before, 127 the year before, 126. The guy lives around 120, 125 OPS plus. The only thing that's an issue with him, which is what he ran into last year, he ran into it uh, earlier parts of his career in Cleveland, is staying on the field. In fact, even last year with the Astros, he played 121 this uh, when I say last year, I'm talking 2021. In 2021, he played 121 games. Last year, in 2022, he played 64 games. That's not enough. But there's no downside for the Astros. 12 million bucks is nothing. And if he plays to his full potential, even if he plays 120 games, it is well worth the contract that he's going to sign because you know he's going to live in the batting average column somewhere around 280, 295. At his best, he's been well over 300. Uh, in 2019, man, the guy hit 22 homers. He's just strokes it across the yard. He hits balls all over the field. He's a great situational contact contributor, producer, player, hitter, guy, teammate. I love this deal for the Astros. I love it for Brantley, too, because he does deserve to get some recognition and some pay. He does also have to stay on the field to get that bigger money. And that, you know, that's just part of it. But either way, Brantley to the Astros is an A-plus for me. No doubt in my mind, with no downside for the Astros, all kinds of upside for them as a team. And Brantley gets the money. So it's an A-plus. Up next, Wilson Contreras to the Cardinals, okay? Five years, 87 million. That's about 17 million a year for a guy who is essentially coming in to replace Yadier Molina with the Cardinals. I like Wos Contreras. He has his downfalls in a few different areas, right? His plate discipline is not ideal. His defense at the catching position is not ideal. There's potential, I'm I'm assuming, with Yadi potentially sticking around in St. Louis to help him as a defensive catcher uh, because at the end of the day, Wilson Contreras, he just can't play defense. He can't frame his throwing out of guys is probably his, his only positive attribute as a catcher defensively, but he can hit and you can't find guys that can play catcher and hit the ball on a consistent basis last year he hit over 20 homers the year before you know he hit over 20 homers he's going to contribute he's going to produce and he's getting older he's maturing a little bit you know he's got he's got a lot in front of him he's only 30 years old uh but five years is kind of a lot for a catcher 17 million years not bad the cardinals are probably going to turn him into a superstar defensive player but i like the contract for him i like it for the cardinals so Wilson Contreras to the cardinals is an a minus up next carlos correa to the mets holy shit this is obviously insane and i was going to make this video when I woke up the morning after he was supposed to be a giant. Now, his press conference got canceled. I didn't think much of it at the time. And then I went to bed, wake up, and Carlos Correa is not even on the Giants. He's on the Mets. 12-year deal for $315 million, $26 million a year. He's 28 years old. If you max out his contract with the years and the 28 years old 12 years puts him at 40 26 million a year okay so carlos correa to me is when he's healthy a top five shortstop 
in the game of baseball. The fact that the Mets obviously are even able to afford this contract is absolutely bananas. That being said, they can. And a guy like Carlos Correa is such a huge impact piece. He's got a World Series championship. He's got postseason experience. He's young. I don't know quite for sure if he's healthy, but 12 years to the Mets makes them so much better. And Carlos gets his bag. Guess what? Correa to the Mets, it's an A-plus deal. It's an A-plus deal all the way around. Next on the list, Jacob DeGrom to the Texas Rangers. Five years, $185 million. That's $37 million a year for a five-year contract for a guy who's 34 years old. And let's look at total games started every season since... Uh, 2020 so 2020 he obviously had 12 games but they played a shortened season 2021 he had 15 games started last year in 2022 11 games started when he plays when he's healthy he is the best pitcher in the sport that being said this is too much money and too long of a contract for a guy who just has not stayed healthy in this latter part of his career. DeGrom to the Rangers. I like the concept. I like the idea. I like DeGrom going to Texas. I think it's where he's from. And if it's not, he wanted out of New York no matter what. He put no farewell message to the New York Mets when he left. He wanted no part of that organization anymore. And he gets out of there and gets his bag. But for the Rangers, this is a bad deal. This is a bad deal. 37 million a year and if he goes out next year and he throw, has another 12 start season or let's say he finishes out the five-year contract he has first of all he'll be 39 and let's say in those five years he averages what i think will happen is 11 to 15 16 starts a year that's an average right he'll probably may he may have one year where he has nine starts and one year where he has 22 or whatever but if he doesn't average anywhere up north of 23 to 25 starts at least a year, at least, then this contract is a massive overpay. And I don't think that's going to happen. So DeGrom to the Rangers, because of the length, because of the annual average value, this is a D. Okay, Jacob DeGrom to the Rangers is a D on this scale. And there's no doubt about it. No doubt in my mind. Up next on the list. Edwin Diaz back to the Mets five years just north of 100 million basically 20 million bucks a year for a guy who is 28 years old he's a top three bullpen arm in the sport he throws 100 miles an hour he's got Timmy trumpets he's got the hype train he's in New York on the Mets who need and would like to have a solidified closer they had him last year he was completely and utterly dominating in all aspects he found his groove he's throwing 100 he's throwing sliders crowds blowing the trumpets with him my only knock on this deal is that five years is a really long time for a, a bullpen pitcher it's a really long time but edwin diaz has proven that he's been really really solid he's contributed a lot to them he had a ton of appearances last year and he looked great so just because of the longevity thing with with I just I'm not a guy who loves giving long term contracts to bullpen pitchers. 
that would have this deal edwin diaz to the mets falls in the a minus category it's still a very good deal both people both sides of the party both sides of the deal Edwin Diaz is very happy getting obviously 20 million a year and the Mets are happy getting a a top three bullpen arm in the sport and the 20 million dollars a year for them literally means nothing so good for the Mets good for Diaz a little too long for me but it's an A minus up next on the list Mitch Haniger to the San Francisco Giants three years 43 million bucks 14 million a year for a guy who can't really stay on the field right last year he played 57 games 2019 he played 63 games 2020 he didn't play at all when he's on the field and he's playing his ceiling is what he did in 2021 he hit 39 homers he had 100 rbis and that is very impressive very solid um and he can contribute Three years is the perfect length for a guy like this because he has the high ceiling, but he also has the very low floor of the injuries that he's dealt with. 14 million a year is is not much for me. It's not bad. And the only thing is, you know, I think if he gets hurt, it's just going to be a waste of money. That being said, I think this is a good deal for both sides. I think it's a really good deal. I just think he hasn't really proven the worth that he's at yet. So. It's not bad. It's not good. 14 million a year is a good amount. I think Mitch Haniger to the Giants is a B plus deal. It's not bad. It's not good. It's right in the middle and it'll probably end up being fine. And if, hey, it blows up and he blows up in the in a good way, I should say, and Haniger takes off, great for the Giants. They're going to be getting an absolute steal, but it's unlikely with him going to San Francisco it's a graveyard for hitters. It's going to be tough. Up next is Aaron Judge to the New York Yankees. Captain Aaron Judge, by the way, excuse me. Aaron Judge is the captain of the Yankees. He re-signs with the Yankees nine years, 360 million bucks, 40 million a year. Oh, that's a lot of money. Oh, um... No, it's not, because Aaron Judge is an absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous baseball player. He had 62 homers last year. His his wins above replacement. I want you guys to understand this. If your war is is somewhere in the the fours or fives, it's it's pretty good. It's really good. Hit a 10.6 war last year. He's a gold glove caliber defender. He hits for average. He hits for power. He's got a great arm. I mean, the only thing that I guess he doesn't have is the speed, but he's six foot 90. uh, And he's the size of the refrigerator in my kitchen. So Aaron Judge to the Yankees. He gets his bag. The Yankees get their franchise altering player. And it's a win-win for both sides. Judge to the Yankees. A plus deal. A plus, no doubt in my mind. It's a great contract for both sides. And everybody's got to be happy. Yankees fans are happy. Judge is happy. The Yankees are happy. It's just a great deal. It's a great deal all the way around. Now, I know we're going alphabetical here, but because of the two different turners, Justin and Trey, 
they're going by first name and in this case we're going to go with justin turner so justin goes to the red sox two years 21 million just under 11 million a year it's kind of a whatever deal to me uh What's interesting is that they they sign a guy like Justin Turner, uh, but they don't even consider. I mean, I don't know what the offers were for Bogarts, but if it's me, like I'm saving that ten million, and I'm not signing anybody because if we don't get Bogarts, then we shouldn't get anybody, and we should be either saving all that up for Devers or we should have put it into Bogarts. I don't really know what the Red Sox are doing. This deal to me because he's 38 years old, uh, Justin Turner. I mean, you know, like I, I, what is, he's going to go to the Red Sox and like hit 270 and then like hit 20 homers. I, I don't know. Like, it's not like a bad deal. It's not like 10 million bucks a year is going to banker up the Boston Red Sox. I just don't. I don't really see the point of it. So I'm actually going to throw Justin Turner to the Red Sox in the why category for the reasons of. Bogarts should have been their priority. They shouldn't even be targeting anybody else. And because they are going after a guy like JD Martin or a guy like Justin Turner, I should say, it doesn't really make sense to me. And then the Red Sox go out and sign uh, Masataka Yoshida from Japan. <laughs> I'm not feeling whatever the Red Sox are giving off right now. They gave up Mookie Betts for a bag of balls. Uh, they gave up on Xander Bogarts, and it sounds like oh, they're prioritizing signing Rafael Devers. They don't re-sign JD Martinez. Like the Red Sox are just weird right now, and they're they're kind of crying like poor me, like in the sense of like poor meaning we don't have money. When I know everybody knows that's not true. So they get Justin Turner, but it doesn't do anything, and he doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. So that's why I put him in why. Up next. J.D. Martinez to the L.A. Dodgers, one near 10 million bucks, okay? As much as it pains me to say this about the Dodgers, I think this is an absolutely phenomenal contract, okay? One-year deals to me are great. They're absolutely fantastic. And unfortunately for J.D. Martinez, looking at his stats last year, he didn't have an outstanding season. In fact, it was one of his worst seasons in the last five I don't know if he was dealing with any nagging injuries or what was going on with JD. Uh, but when he's at his best, back looking back in 2018, a 43 homer, 130 RBI guy on a World Series championship team. He's going to DH. He can play the outfield when he needs to, kind of in a pinch, right? But he's kind of old. That's like my only knock on this is he's he's 35 but he like plays and acts like he's a little bit older than that. I don't know what's going on. I don't think he's, you know, completely done with his career or anything, but the one-year deals are great for the Dodgers because there's not a ton of risk and 10 million bucks to the Dodgers is a drop in the bucket. There's a high probability that JD Martinez goes over there and hits 28, 35, 28 to 35 homers somewhere in that range next uh in 2023. In which case, this would be a phenomenal deal for the Dodgers. JD gets his money. I think JD kind of got hosed in this deal, to be honest. I think he should have got, I mean, if Bellinger's getting 17 million, JD should be getting, I don't know, at least 12, 15. Either way, this is an A minus deal. There's a little bit of downside for the Dodgers, not a ton. 
uh, because he is coming off of a, a sort of a down year. So I'm going to go J.D. Martinez of the Dodgers is an A-minus deal. Up next, another player on the New York Mets or in New York in general. I feel like half these guys are, are in New York in some capacity. Brandon Nimmo back to the Mets, eight year, 162 million, 20 million bucks a year, uh, 29 years old. The guy flies around the field. He plays great defense in center field and has, by the way, drastically improved. Last year, he had a really, really good defensive year, despite the years before when he wasn't playing great defense, believe it or not, as well as he can run in the outfield. Um, but if you look at his numbers last year, man, I mean, anybody coming in, 274 batting average, 367 on base. Um, the guy stole, I guess, only three bags, but he 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 comes across as a very stereotypical table setting leadoff hitter and that's what he was for the Mets last year uh he had a 5.1 war which is again very 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 good this contract may come back to bite the Mets a little bit okay I don't think Nimmo's a bad player I think he's a really good player but 20 million a year for Brandon Nimmo is a lot of money that is a lot of money I know he's younger. I know that's also, you know, a reason why they'd be committing that much money to a guy at that age. But he's, you know, eight years to a guy whose game is speed and athleticism, and that will certainly be diminishing towards the latter half of his career. And that's going to be the last three years of this contract. That being said, I like him. I, I like Nimmo to the Mets. Just a lot of money. And a little bit too long of a contract for me. I know the Mets and the money thing. I I, I know. I get it. I, I understand. It's it's a nothing burger to them. But Nimmo to the Mets, it's a B minus. It's a B minus deal because it's too big for a guy who's honestly, in my opinion, not great. Up next is uh, Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. Two years, forty million. That's twenty million bucks a year. Again, the money isn't really a factor, and I'm be uh, I'd be a guy that's more inclined to give up a little bit more money if the contract agreement is a little bit shorter okay Rizzo is 33 so a two-year deal puts him at 35 that's fine the guy hit over 30 homers that's his ceiling he plays at Yankee Stadium you know you're gonna get his left-handed pull side pop at Yankee Stadium it's always gonna play and I think the guy scraps in general, right? I think last year he hit 224, but he comes in with a 338 on base, 817 OPS. You get north of 800 in the OPS category, fine by me. 20 million a year for just north of 800 OPS seems like a lot, but for the Yankees, it's nothing. The Yankees love Rizzo. Rizzo loves New York. I was hoping the Padres would get this guy, but I like this deal overall. I really have nothing bad to say about it. I think Rizzo is a perfect fit. For Yankee Stadium. And I think 20 million a year, the guy deserves it. So I'm gonna go Rizzo to the Yankees. That is another A plus deal. A plus all the way around. Love it for the Yanks. Love it for Riz. Next on the list, another guy from or going to, you guessed it, New York. Carlos Rodon or Rodone. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce his last name, but it's Rodon Rodone, and you know who I'm talking about. Six years, 162 million, 27 million a year for a guy who's 30 years old, okay? Six years for a starting pitcher is a lot. It's a lot, of, it's a lot of time to commit to a guy, but he's 30. 27 million a year is a ton of money. That's 3 million a year less than Garrett Cole. 
and Garrett Cole is way better than Carlos Rodon. That being said, Rodon's had two years, back-to-back years of sub-three ERAs. Last year, he had an absolutely ridiculous year. He had like 180 innings and 237 strikeouts or something crazy. So for Rodon to go to the Yankees, it's great for him. He's getting his $27 million a year. That is a bag. The thing is, I think he's exceeded and gone over his actual expectations, or I guess his ceiling is, has been reached in that sense. Uh, I think he's going to come back down to earth a little bit more. Yankee Stadium is a tough place to pitch. AL East is a tough place to pitch. I think the contract is okay. I don't think it's ideal, uh, but I don't mind it, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so Rodon to the Yankees, all things considered, I'm going to go with a B-plus contract. Next on the list, one of my dudes, one of my guys, Robert Suarez and the Padres. Five years, $46 million. Okay, he's 31. He came over from somewhere uh, in Asia. I think it was Korea, may have been Japan. Never, I think it was actually Japan. Nevertheless, comes over last year. Nobody really knows who the guy is. What did he look like? I heard everyone's, oh, he throws pretty hard. Yeah, he throws bullets. And he's really good. Robert Suarez last year came into the games uh, for the Padres in the postseason, and he just carved i mean he just carved 45 appearances for the padres 2.27 era 47 innings 61 punch outs 166 era plus he's making 9 million bucks a year next year 2024 and 2025 then there's a player opt-out if he wants to go somewhere else if he keeps it up just if he keeps it up and he comes in, it doesn't even have to be at a 2.2 ERA for the next three. If he comes in 2.9 next year and 2.95 the year after that, or 3.1 the year after that, like if in the next three years, if his average ERA is, is anywhere in around three and he pitches in 45 to, to 50 plus games a year, dude, he's going to get a bag. He will be a little bit older, and, and the five-year contract for a reliever to me is, I mentioned it earlier in the video, it's, it's a lot, right? Edwin Diaz got five years, but Edwin Diaz got five years, a hundred million. Robert Suarez got more than half of that, or maybe I should say less than half of that, 46 million for five years. I think this is a bargain. I think this is a steal. I think Suarez is getting his bag and showing up in the big leagues and, and getting some money. I think he's kind of getting maybe shafted a little bit. But Suarez also has only played one good year. So that's the other thing that's working against him. I think this deal, because again, if Suarez dominates and has the opportunity to opt out in three years, he'll do it. And the Padres will have gotten three years of a dominant pitcher. Robert Suarez to the Padres is an A-plus deal. A-plus-plus, A-plus-plus, A-plus-plus. I can't emphasize that enough. A-plus-plus. All right, up next is Dansby Swanson to the Cubs. Seven years, $177 million, $25 million bucks a year. The guy had a five-war last year. The Cubs are apparently trying to compete at a little bit of a higher level. We mentioned Cody Bellinger. We mentioned, or I guess we're going to mention some free uh, free agency pitching acquisitions they're going to be making. But with Swanson playing shortstop in Chicago, the only thing for me is that the Cubs, it, it, they, they seem to kind of be in that middle tier area where it's like they're picking up free agents 
are they doing it just because they want the fans to be happy and there's still a pretty larger market team who can afford to do it they don't want to look like they're completely rebuilding but you know they lose out on Wilson Contreras they should have traded Contreras last year at the trade deadline and they didn't because they would have got a ton of value out of it doesn't matter the Cubs are just a little bit confusing to me uh, because they could have done that and then started this whole kind of rebuild thing or they like should have re-signed him I I don't know it's weird that they like just completely just nullified everything about Wilson Contreras and then they go after Dansby with this huge deal Nevertheless, I don't think it's a bad deal. I think Dansby is a good player. $25 million a year for Dansby. I think it's slightly an overpay. Just slightly. The market this year has been absolutely bananas, right? We talked about Bogarts, $28 million a year. Correa is only getting $26 million a year. Uh, and another guy we'll touch on here is getting $26 to $28 million a year. So for Dansby to get $25 million a year when his offensive numbers aren't quite the same as the rest of those guys... I think it's a bit of an overpay, and I think it's just a little bit weird in general that the Cubs are going for that contract, uh, but I don't think it's the worst thing ever. It's just really kind of confusing for me. Uh, so with that being said, I'm going to go Dansby to the Cubs as a C-plus move. It's a C-plus move. doesn't really make much sense to me, and it's just kind of awkward. I think I think it's the best word I can think of when I think of that deal. Up next... He makes the list because he's a big name and he's going to a big team. Syndergaard is going to the Dodgers one year, 13 million. I don't have a huge issue with this. 13 million is not that much money, so it doesn't really matter. But Syndergaard is like not the same guy. He doesn't throw as hard anymore. Uh, you know, what is he going to do for them? I don't know. Is he going to contribute a ton? Probably not. 13 million is not that bad. But in all honesty, it may end up being a $13 million contract that they just have to just fork out because he makes nine starts. I got Syndergaard to the Dodgers as a C-plus deal. Jameson Tyone is up next. He also goes to the Cubs four years, $68 million, $17 million a year. He's a pretty solid number three starter in the big leagues. And so to pay $17 million a year for him, it's probably going to force him up the rotation and, and raise his level of contribution. He's going to probably slide up to something like a two starter. That's fine. 17 million a year, I guess, for the Cubs. The thing with the Cubs is they have been lacking pitching recently. So with the Swanson move, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But with this Tyone move, it makes a little bit more sense because they're not shelling out just gobs and gobs of money, but they're also getting a really solid contributing innings eating producing middle of the rotation arm and they needed it so i think overall tyone to the cubs i'm gonna slot this in as a b plus move uh because it is a little bit confusing in general what the cubs are doing but i think tyone to the cubs it makes sense down to our last two here trey turner is up next he goes to the phillies 11 years 300 million 27 big ones a year for trey turner who, in my opinion, when he plays at his best, is a top three shortstop in the sport that we know as baseball. This move for the Phillies makes it makes perfect sense. They have Bryson Stott playing shortstop for him, and as a Padres fan, right, I'm watching, I'm watching the Phillies play against us in the NLCS, 
and I didn't think at any point like, oh, these guys need Trey Turner. I'm just saying they had Bryson Stott playing shortstop, a rookie, sort of inexperienced, hitting towards the bottom of the lineup. They had Gene Segura at second base. I don't know the story. I think Gene Segura is a free agent in some capacity because as soon as they announced Trey Turner to the Phillies, Bryson Stott, and everybody's like, oh, well, Bryson Stott's going to just slide a second. So I don't know where Gene Segura went. It doesn't really matter because would I rather have Trey Turner and Bryson Stott or Bryson Stott and Gene Segura? Hmm. Trey Turner and Bryson Stott. Both have excellent defensive gloves. Both can run. Both can hit. By the way, P, uh, not PNC, Citizens Bank in Philadelphia is so hitter friendly. It is absolutely ridiculous. Trey Turner is going to hit close to if not 30 homers i promise you he will hit close to or over 30 homers in philadelphia 27 million a year for this guy he's 29 years old yeah you know 11 years he's going to be 40 and this deal you know may not be panning out towards the back end of it that doesn't matter because the phillies are right on the cusp of again making another incredibly long and deep push into the postseason and they pick up a top three shortstop in the league they pay $27 million a year for him. Trey gets his bag. Trey turned into the Phillies. A-plus deal all the way around. Last but not least, Justin Verlander to the Mets. Two years, $86 million, $43 million a year. He's 38, 39 years old, about to be 40, coming off of a Cy Young season. A lot of question marks about Verlander in the last couple of years. His health, his injuries, is he going to be able to contribute at the same level? Is he going to be anywhere near where he used to be at the MV, literally MVP caliber pitcher? Clearly last year he was. They had like a 170 RA. It was, he had an unbelievable year. Cy Young. The only thing, again, is the age, right? He's 40. He's basically he's going to be 40 years old when this season is underway at some point. That doesn't really seem to matter because just last year he was 39 and he had an unbelievable year. It's a two-year deal. I think that's a, that you know you can't just give him a one-year deal. I think he wanted two years, 43 million a year. That's a ton of money. Okay, it's a little bit too much. In my opinion, it's slightly too much of a risk just with the age. But I don't think it's a bad contract. I don't, and I love Justin Verlander. Love, love, love him. And I think he's a gangster. I think he's a baller. I think he he shows up. He's a bulldog. Like all the adjectives, the positive adjectives you want to use to describe him. And the Mets are obviously just throwing around Monopoly money for fun. So the money part of it's really not that big of a deal. He's a little bit just, 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 just a touch a little too old for me. Otherwise, this would be an A plus. But this is an A minus deal. Verlander to the Mets, A minus. So thanks for watching, guys. Uh, let's go through here again from bottom to top. Turner to the Red Sox. Why would they do that? DeGrom to the Rangers, brutal contract. Dansby to the Cubs, Syndergaard to the Dodgers. Okay, just not really that much. Bassett to the Blue Jays, Nimmo to the Mets. Oh, I can deal with it. Tyler Anderson to the Angels, Bellinger to the Cubs, Ben to the White Sox, Hanager to the Giants, Rodon to the Yankees, Tyone to the Cubs. All those deals make sense. It's just sort of heading into or or it just has smaller amounts of downside in some areas whether it's a team or the player or the financial commitment or whatever the case is abreu to the astros bogarts to the padres Contreras to the 
the Cardinals, Edwin Diaz to the Mets, JD to the Dodgers, and Verlander to the Mets. Those are all very good contracts all the way around. There's some parts of these deals that just give me slight hesitation, but all those guys are really solid contributors that deserve to get the money that they're getting. That's the only hiccup for me. And then the top of the top of contracts, Brantley to the Astros, Correa to the Mets, Judge back to the Yankees, Rizzo back to the Yankees, Robert Suarez to the Padres, and Trey Turner to the Phillies. All those deals to me have such minimal downside, such high upside, and are you know team-friendly in some capacity or at least just worth the investment. And I love all those contracts uh, of all the top contracts that have been offered and handed out and signed in free agency this offseason. So thanks for watching, guys. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that video a little bit lengthier, but we wanted to just dive into all of the different free agent signings. I know we left some guys out, right? If I want to look through this list here, uh, this list here, right? We left out, uh, I don't know, Carlos Santana is a pretty big name. Christian Vasquez, Taiwan Walker, Tommy Canely, right? We didn't put Kershaw on there, but I don't, like, he's just, ugh, whatever. We left out Kenley to the, the Red Sox, okay. You know, Drury signs with the Angels. That one doesn't move the needle for me. Clevenger to the White Sox. The Padres get Matt Carpenter. Uh, the Guardians get Josh Bell. Tucker Barnhart signs today with the Cubs. You know, there's some of those guys. They're all really, really solid contributors to big league teams. They just didn't quite make the list for me, at least in the top 24. Uh, so, you know, all those moves to me. They, I don't think I'd put all them like that means they're all F's. It just means they, the, the names themselves, or at least the the huge financial commitments weren't enough to make the the top of the biggest news breaking or needle moving contracts. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode of Between the Stitches. It ran on a bit longer than I thought it would. We really wanted to give you guys all the details, all the insight, our personal opinion on what these teams were thinking how they should be evaluated and graded based on the contracts and the gobs and gobs and gobs of money that these teams are handing out seemingly for everybody, but these guys do deserve it, right? The players are the product. The players are the reason why we watch the game and they deserve it. So Hopefully you guys enjoyed episode 26 of Between the Stitches. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, the likes. Check us all out. Hopefully you guys enjoy this episode and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Between the Stitches. Follow Phenomenal Fan Media on social media for more. And subscribe on Patreon for exclusive content.